0: Hello, and welcome to the Laverne Church of Christ podcast, and thank you for joining us. You can find us at 244 Old Nashville Highway, Laverne, Tennessee, 37086. We hope that anytime you are in the area, you will stop by and join us for worship. Our Sunday morning worship is at 9 a.m., with Bible classes following. Our Sunday evening worship is at 6 p.m., and we also have a Bible study on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Scripture reading this morning will be coming from John, chapter 15, verses 18 through 20. That can be found on page 956 in the Pew Bible. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they keep my word, they will keep yours also. Good morning, church. Glory to God, it is great to be here with you all and to be able to begin this new week in worship to God, and uh, it is our prayer, I'm sure all of us together, that everything this week goes well, and that we're prospered and blessed and healthy and protected and safe and happy and all those good things, and I certainly do hope that's true, but regardless of what happens the rest of the week, at least we started it right, amen? Hey, that's something you can do the first day of every week. First thing on the first day of every week is make sure whatever else happens, you start it right by coming together with the church and worshiping our great God and Savior. Just a reminder, we always, in my sermons at least, we always use the YouVersion Bible app, and there are notes that go along with our sermons there. You can see the instructions on the screen if you have the YouVersion Bible app. You choose that little more button, and then choose that little events button, and look for Laverne COC, and you will be in the game with all the rest of us. Our theme in 2023 is For Him, and everything in our sermons are about Jesus, and about Jesus' love for us, and what he's done for us, and about our love for Jesus, and our faith in him, and our responsibility to him to be his people. And two weeks ago, we started our new series entitled Hated which is a series of sermons about the the tension uh, in the relationship between Christ and and us, his people, and the world around us that we live in. And the core passage of this series is John 15, verses 18 through 20. Uh, Jesus says, in no uncertain terms, If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world... But I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. There's just really one central point that I want to draw from this text today. We'll look at something more next week in the next week, Lord willing. But today I just want to really focus for a few minutes on this particular truth that Jesus shares in this passage, and it is this, the world does, in fact, hate Jesus, whether the people in the world realize that or not. You see, the world doesn't have any problem with uh, with a cross-stitched Jesus on the wall that is safe, never teaches anything, never condemns or judges anything, never points out any sin, Never tells anybody that the way that they're choosing to live isn't the right way. Long as Jesus is safe, long as he's the Jesus with outstretched arms, as long as he's the Jesus that is all about what the world thinks love is, and what the world thinks love is is just accepting all behaviors that people, as long as nobody is directly, actively causing physical harm right now in this moment to somebody else, the world wants to say, don't you dare judge it, let people do what they want to do. And if that's the concept that people have of Jesus, then they'll have no problem with Jesus in the world, but that's not really Jesus. The real Jesus is the teacher of humankind. We have one authoritative teacher sent from God, and that is Jesus our Lord himself. And all those that he authorized speak in his authority We have the apostolic word, the completed canon of scripture, the 66 books of the Bible. That is the communication of who Jesus really is to us. That's the real Jesus. And it doesn't matter where people are coming from. It doesn't matter what their pet sins are. It doesn't matter who they are, what nationality, what era of history. The real Jesus and the world are, in fact, at odds. And this is something that is... The problem of every one of our lives and every generation is to deal with this warfare, this conflict that is created between the truth, Jesus representing the truth. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, John 14, verse 6, and what the world would like to be true about Jesus, which is in fact simply fantasy. But see, here's the problem, I want us to understand why this conflict exists Hopefully, and our thoughts today, I'll try to keep it simple. Hopefully, our thoughts today will help us to realize what the nature of this animosity is and why the animosity is there. Why does the world hate Jesus? We want to understand that because it's our job, first of all, to remain unspotted from the world. Read James chapter 1. That's pure and undefiled religion, it includes keeping yourself unstained. From the sins of the world so we need to understand how to make sure we stay on the side of Jesus and on the side of the truth and don't get pulled into the sins of the world at the same time the Great Commission calls us to go out into the world and preach the gospel and our purpose is to try to bring people along with us out of the world and into the body of Christ so that we might be saved what be taught by our teachers so that we can understand the truth and what's right and live it out so here's the issue the world is not always for some reason, the percent signs didn't work with this font. That should say 100% and 100%. I don't know why. Okay, but, uh, but the world isn't always 100% evil. The world is not always 100% evil. Isn't that right? That, that's right. But See, that's the problem. Because Jesus is 100% good. He's 100% good. No crevices in his armor, no guilty pleasures, no weaknesses at all, no failures, just 100% unpasteurized goodness. That's Jesus. But do you know what that means? It means that he absolutely must be opposed to evil. In every way and the world doesn't get that because the world thinks that good and evil are on a spectrum what the world thinks that it's just it's about where you are on the spectrum and by the way the world doesn't know anything about what is to come or judgment day just the barest hints of ideas uh, you know you'll hear all the time people in the world even the part of the world that kind of leans in the Christian direction people will talk about well one day when they're at the pearly gate standing before Saint Peter and they've got to make their case to Saint Peter as to whether or not they get to come into heaven and, and the general idea in the world is that everybody's on that spectrum between good and evil we've all got light in us and we've all got darkness in us and you know We're just somewhere on that spectrum, and if, if on that day, and you stand at the pearly gates there with St. Peter, and your life, the, the average of your life is just at least slightly tipped over in that, in that uh, spectrum on the good side, then you'll get to go into heaven. But, but if the balance of your works, if the average of your works, well, if it tips over to that evil side, well, then you're going to hell. And if, you, if the world even believes in hell, that would be the point of view that they would take. It's on a spectrum. And 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 12 absolutely refutes that idea in no uncertain terms. The Apostle Paul writes, when they measure themselves by one another, listen, when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. Now what that means is, is that when human beings look around the world around us, and we, we want to find our spiritual self-esteem based upon looking and searching and finding people that are worse than us, greater sinners than us. And, and if I can look across the street and I can see, well, my neighbor there, this is not true, uh, just in case you, you think, just, this is just a, an illustration, all right? But if I look across the street and my neighbor is a raging drunk. And he spends all of his money, he gets, gets his paycheck on Friday and he goes out drinking and gambling and, and comes home you know, after uh, sleeping in a ditch somewhere halfway through Saturday and his kids don't have clothes to wear and they're starving because of the sinful irresponsibilities. Man, we say, well, that's a sinner right there. That's a sinner right there. And no, I don't do that kind of stuff. All I do is ever just sort of lie a little bit in order to get ahead at work. I mean, really, is that that big of a deal? And we say, that guy's way worse than me. So that's what evil is. But me, well, yeah, I'm not perfect, but I'm actually really a good guy. And that's kind of the way that the world works. It's about that spectrum thing. Well, I can point out that I'm not Adolf Hitler. And I have never murdered six million Jews plus other people. I'm not Joseph Stalin and I haven't murdered 20 million of my own people. You know, and so I guess that means I'm a pretty good guy and I'm going to heaven. But that's absolutely not the way things work. It is so far from the way things that work. It's the deception of Satan to lead people in the world to think that way. And it has led a lot of people to leave this life thinking that they are heaven-bound when they are in fact nothing of the kind. Now, two weeks ago in beginning this series. We talked about the fact that even though this kind of doesn't gel with what our culture thinks about things, biblically speaking the love hate thing is not a spectrum at all, but it's a binary deal. It is either one or the other. In the eyes of God, you are all together in the camp of love or you are all together in the camp of hate. You are all together on the side of good in the eyes of God or you are all together on the side of evil in the eyes of god because this is not about you earning your way to heaven and brothers and sisters when we understand the fundamentals of the faith and how salvation works and the fact that any person who has ever been saved has been saved as a free gift from god on the basis of grace because of what jesus has done and not for a thing that they have done and when you understand that that is true and it is true, it is a no-compromise fundamental of the faith, then you immediately realize that that whole spectrum thing is false teaching. It is absolutely false teaching. It's about who I'm loyal to, and that's a wholehearted thing. I can be loyal to someone and not be perfect, That perfection is not my basis of my right standing with God. That's not my basis. The basis of my right standing with God is covenant relationship on the basis of faith. That is on the basis of trust. And ultimately, I think a better word for that is loyalty. Are you loyal to Jesus or not? That is the central question of life. And it is the only one that ultimately matters. And it is the one that will determine your eternal destiny. And it determines what side of this fight in the world that you're living on. John 8 and verse 24, Jesus says, unless you believe that I am he, that is the Messiah, the Savior of the world, listen, you will die in your sins. Binary. Either or. It's this or that. It's love or hate. Do you love Jesus? Then believe and obey Jesus. Do you hate Jesus? Well, I mean, there are are really few people in the world that would outright say they hate Jesus, but, but Jesus is the one who decides who loves him and who hates him. Do you not trust Jesus or you not loyal to Jesus? Will you not make a good faith effort to live your life in obedience to Jesus? Then you might as well hate him because you're on the wrong side of the line. And man, that is just the plain God's honest truth. And anybody that represents the situation otherwise is misleading you. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, Peter and John defending the preaching of the gospel before the Jewish Sanhedrin council said, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus our Lord in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7 verses 13 and 14 says, enter by the narrow gate, for the way is broad and the gate is wide, it leads to life and many go that way. But the gate is narrow, and the way difficult that leads to life, and few there be that find it. Those are the words of Jesus. It's binary, man. It's love or hate. It's good or evil. It's with him or against him. It's on his side, or regardless of where you think you are on the spectrum, you're on the side of evil. Those are your only options in life, and you need to understand that. You see, what Jesus teaches us, and this is the truth, this is the actual fact of reality. Good and evil are incompatible forces that must be at war against each other until one is eternally defeated and destroyed. You see, what's going on in the world around us really is a great cosmic war that has been going on in in, in invisible as well as visible in the visible world as well as the invisible spiritual world this war between good and evil has been going on ever since evil first became a thing when Satan rebelled against God and ever since then this war has been going on and every child born into this world is born into a world at war And every child born into this world will eventually have to choose what side they are on. There is no not choosing. Famous rock group said if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. And if you know who that is, you can tell me after the services. But that's absolutely true. If if you decide, well, I'm not going to choose between Jesus and Satan. Well, you've chosen. You've chosen by not choosing Jesus. Read John 3, our last series, and see if that's not true. The Bible teaches us that evil is not an eternal force. A lot of folks have got a kind of Star Wars approach to theology in the world. And listen, I'm, I like Star Wars. I enjoy the movies and things like that. I find them entertaining. But, but don't let Star Wars be your theological teacher, okay? You know, the, the force, the whole idea of the force in Star Wars is that, is that people should seek a balance between good and evil. That you want good and evil, light and dark, to be balanced and then the world or the universe is the way it's supposed to be and nothing could be farther from the truth. There's no balance with evil. Now think about it. Stop just for a moment and think about what evil is. Can, can you compromise with evil and win in the end? Can you do that? Can, can you live life and everything be okay and you say, well as long as I just have a little liver cancer It's going to be all right. It doesn't work that way. If you've got a little liver cancer, you better cut it out or it's going to kill you. It's going to kill you. Well, I can be a little bit of a liar and still consider myself a person of the truth. But once you find out that you've got someone in your life that is a little bit of a liar, you can't trust them at all, can you? Because you never know when they're telling you the truth. The point is, if we just will think about things with common sense, if we'll actually take our theological thoughts, our spiritual thoughts, and pull them down out of the clouds, get them out of our imaginations, actually just think about them for a few moments, which few, very few people do, relatively speaking, think about actual moral things. There can, listen, there cannot be peace between good and evil. There is no peace between good and evil. Remember what the prophet said, Woe to those who say, peace, peace. When there is no peace, and there can be no peace with evil, evil is selfish, evil is hateful. Evil will work against anyone who gets in its way in order to get what evil wants. And so Jesus teaches us that there is no compromise. There can be no balance. There's no spectrum. If on judgment day you stand before the throne of Christ and it is found that you are evil, if it is found on judgment day that there is any evil in you at all, then perfect goodness must strike out that evil. It must banish that evil. It must punish that evil. And if you stand before Jesus on judgment day, even slightly on that spectrum of evil, you are lost and you have no hope at all. Because You've got to stand before Jesus perfectly good. If you stand before Jesus perfectly good, you're good. As he is good, and you understand that it takes his grace for that to be true. You've got to be on his side. This safe cross stitch Jesus that doesn't teach anything, that doesn't rebuke anything, that doesn't correct anything, that doesn't judge anything, is absolutely a figment of the devil's imagination, delivered to mankind for the destruction of human souls. Brothers and sisters, we're at war. In, first, in John chapter 3, verses 19 through 21, uh, the apostle says, and this is the judgment, the light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light. Do you see that? Everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly that this work has been carried out in God. You see, this passage gives us a little bit of a glimpse into why there is such animosity between the real Jesus and between the world, and it is exactly because Jesus is forever pointing his finger at sin. I ask you, I beg you, I know the world we live in, and I know how powerful its influence can be, and I know many of the ideas that are being shared in our world today about what good and evil is, and about what right and wrong are, and about... What, uh, what what's moral and what's not moral? I know there's some very powerful movements going on in our culture to get people to embrace a certain view of morality that is wildly at odds with Scripture. And Lord willing, we'll talk a little more about that as this series continues. But but I know because I understand humanity and because I understand the spiritual warfare that's going on because I'm caught up in it as well as you are. I know that every one of us in this auditorium are being influenced by the world every single day. All of us are. We all that think we stand need to heed the words of the Apostle Paul. Take heed lest we fall. We need to continually be maintaining our relationship with God through prayerful study of his word. So that his word continually corrects the mistaken thought processes that we are all bound to have come up into our minds. Probably on a daily basis. We continue to need guidance and direction because deception is all around us. And that's all that there is in the world so when you have someone who has developed a love for a certain sin when they come in contact with the real jesus the real teaching of the truth they ultimately have two options right love or hate it's the binary confess or deny obey or rebel those are the biblical options that are given to sinners when confronted with the gospel of jesus christ are you listening You see, when you hear the message of Christ and the finger of Christ through the preaching of the word, the finger of Christ points out to you and identifies sin in your life, you have two choices. You can bow the knee to Jesus, sit down in your spirit, whether you literally do or not is irrelevant. You can bow your heart before Jesus and say, you are Lord I accept your judgment I'm going to step out into the light even if it exposes me as a sinner even if I have to confess my failings even if I have to to face the fact that I have not lived perfectly and that I deserve punishment I'm gonna step out and, and just be in the light of Jesus and say Lord shine on me reveal everything about me that is not in keeping with your will through your Holy Spirit, Lord, will you pre- please guide me that I can become a better man than I am, a better woman than I am, that I could be able to live faithfully according to the teacher. That's an option that you have when you feel the, the judging finger of Jesus pointing sins out in your life. Or on the other hand, you can do what folks that are determined to be in the world do. And they're going to say, how dare you point your finger at me? I know what I believe. I know what I'm doing. I know what works in my life. Who are you to tell me what I ought to be doing, how I ought to be thinking, how I ought to speak, and how I ought to act? Who do you, who are you, what do you know? I know what's best for me. And you can choose that path if you want to do that. And that's the path of the world. And it breaks my heart. But that is, in fact, the path that most people choose. Listen, it is, in fact, the path that most people choose. Wide is the gate. Broad is the way. Many go that way. And that in itself is a powerful source of deception because people look around them in their world and they see, well, everybody is living this way. Six billion people can't possibly be wrong, can they? But then, of course, there is the Bible that says the whole world, with the exception of eight people, had been wrong in the past and destroyed, except for those eight people. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing the Word of God? The truth is the truth, whether you want it to be the truth or not. We say in compassion to the world, the truth is the truth, whether you want it to be or not. If you've got sin in your life, don't hide in the closet as if that's going to make it all right. Jesus will love you even as a sinner. He will love you as a man or a woman fraught with weaknesses and struggling every day. If you will just confess your sins to him, if you will just say, Jesus, I know that I am wrong and you're right, that your way is truth and I'm broken. If you will say that to Jesus, he'll save you. Even if you struggle with those besetting sins that you're dealing with every day of a 90-year life on this earth, he'll save you if you will simply bow the knee to him and confess that his way is right and that your way is wrong and you're going to live in trust of him. You're going to pursue the direction that he is leading you even if you do a terrible job at it. That's all Jesus is ultimately asking. But those who are determined to be in the world have rejected even that. Please don't follow in their footsteps. The world hates Jesus, and this really ultimately is the problem, and I just kind of want to illustrate it in this way. You see, it's kind of hard to sing to your own tune when the music teacher keeps telling you you're off key, right? Well, I just want to sing to my own tune. Well, the music teacher says, no, that was flat. No, that was sharp. No, you didn't get it right. No, that's not right. We don't like that, do we? Ever started a new job or picked up a new hobby? Being in school, as many of you are in school, I've been in school a lot, you know, and you've got somebody in your life that is a authority figure with regard to teaching, with regard to leading you or guiding you, isn't it irritating when you're trying, you know, to do what you think is right and you've got that person in your life that is like, eh, eh? That, doesn't that sound just great on your nerves? <laughs> you know, any of us that have grown up, you know, you've heard it, huh? Nope. Uh, you know, by the time you're grown, you're sick of hearing it. You stop it. You, you just, you're just sick of hearing people telling you you're wrong. And that, that's, that's the rebellious nature of humanity. I'm just confessing what's going on in each one of us, and let's not pretend it's not true. You don't like people telling you you're wrong. <laughs> but if you're human, you are wrong about something. You really are. And it's in your best interest to have friends that tell you, you know, that you're doing something wrong. You want to be a great singer, you got to learn to sing in tune. And we're not talking about song. I don't care if you sing in tune or not. We're talking about how you live your life. The point of the fact is, every single one of us are are singing a song of life. We're just floating our ways through life. We're living life, trying that the the human nature is, I'm going to sing to my own tune. I'm going to live the way that I want to live. And if you do that, Jesus is going to be constantly there. And what you're going to see every time in your mind that you think about Jesus is you're going to see this. You're going to see this. Because you're sinning. What else should he do? Are you listening? Are you hearing? Is it sinking in? How you respond to Jesus' pointing out of your sins is what determines whether or not you will join with the true song of eternity and find peace with him and the hope of everlasting life. The apostle Paul says in Galatians 4 and verse 16 have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth Jesus has been telling the world the truth for 2,000 years through the church he continues to tell the world the truth even today what I'm trying to do through this pulpit today and every single Sunday that I preach is stand up and tell the church the truth so that we all can help the world to see the truth Jesus has been telling us the truth for 2,000 years And the world keeps pushing back, and it ain't going to stop until Jesus Christ comes again. We need to understand, you know, just a couple of old sayings, if you can't keep a tune in a bucket, don't quit your day job. (laughs) You've heard somebody say that to you? But, you know, if you can't keep a tune in a bucket, don't quit your day job. I don't know if you ever watch any of these uh, talent shows, the song shows, you know, The Voice or something like that. You know, God bless these people. They want to make a living out of being singers, and some of them are just absolutely phenomenal. But always, every season, there's somebody that comes on the show that can't hold a tune in a bucket. But, but, but somehow, all the people around them in all their lives have always said, oh, you just sing so beautifully. It's just the best thing. I just love hearing you sing. And they think that they are just the, absolutely the best in the world, and they stand up there before a national audience and flop. Right? I mean, you've seen it happen. You know it's, it's happened. It, there are so many things that each of us have left to our own devices, would, would want to do to pour ourselves into in ways that we would choose to live our life. Listen, it's all about whether or not you can truly be good. I, I just want to ask you to think about this for a second. Have you ever in your life to this point gotten to a point to where you realized, okay, cool, I've got this thing whipped, and I know for a fact I am never going to sin again? Are you there yet? See, I know you're not there yet, and I'm not there yet either, and I'm not going to be there until the Lord miraculously gets me there through the resurrection of this body on the last day. That's when that'll happen. And so until then, brothers and sisters, I'm not quitting my day job, and I don't mean (laughs) just being a preacher. I mean, I'm going to be with Jesus because it's my only hope. That's my living. Are you hearing me? That's my living. And that's your living. You've got to be on the side of Jesus and stick with Jesus if you want to be saved. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. I like the new way the New Living Translation works this or words this passage. Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions these are not from the father but are from this world and this world is fading away along with everything that people crave you see god is trying to be kind to us he's trying to let us know the reality of where everything is going in creation he's graciously giving us the opportunity to be on the winning side and you don't have to be a great warrior you don't have to be a great thinker. You just have to be a humble person who's willing to submit to the lordship of Christ. And if you will, he will rescue you out of the world and give you the hope of living life in the perfect heavenly world that is to come. There's the promise of Jesus. Anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. And that's his promise. And why wouldn't anybody want that? But we've seen that the world does in fact hate Jesus whether those in the world know it or not. And you remember what Jesus said. If the world hates him, it also hates those who follow him. I I want everybody in the auditorium to hear these words today. The world hates you. The world hates you you believe the Bible is the word of God, you know that's true. The world hates you because you stand with the one who judges the world. You know, he's the light of the world and anywhere his light shines, it exposes our sins. Please listen. The closer you are to Jesus, the more you've grown in your obedience to him, the more like him you are the brighter his light shines through you. When you are shining the light of Christ, and you know you're not perfect, but you're genuinely striving to live in faith, and you're in a workplace surrounded by people who are just living the worldly life and living in sin, your very presence is a constant judgment to them. Do you understand that? Your very presence is a constant judgment against them, and they may treat you, you know, with surface community. But when that conflict comes, you're going to see how they really feel. And I say that, brothers and sisters, because this teaching is given to us so that we will be emotionally prepared for it, so that we can expect it, so that it will not be a stumbling block or destroy our faith in Jesus when persecution arises. That's why Jesus has given us these great warnings. so, brothers and sisters, the whole universe is in a state of binary, a state of war between good and evil, and you are on one side or the other. And if you are in Jesus Christ and covenant relationship with him, you're on the side of good. Please, brothers and sisters, remember whose side you're on. And not just on Sunday morning when you're wrestling with the decision to get out of bed and come to church. But on Monday, when you're going to work or you're going to school or you're going out shopping in in the world that is in rebellion against God, remember whose side you're on. And don't ever forget whose side you're on. But remember the last word of that central passage of this series. And you're going to hear this again. Jesus says, if they kept my word, they will also keep yours. Didn't we all used to be in the world? Aren't all of our ancestors somewhere back in history heathen idol worshipers? Isn't that true? That's true. You know, some people in the world will listen to the gospel, some will listen. And Jesus will rescue them. He'll rescue them, just like He's rescued me, and just like He's rescued you. And so, brothers and sisters, I can't say it enough. It's not us against the world. The world is against us. But we don't return evil for evil. What does Romans 12 say? We overcome evil with good. Conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount, we love our enemies. We pray for those who spitefully use us. Because we know that we once were like them. We know that Jesus died for them. He can save them, hate the sin, love the sinner. This morning, do you need to respond to the gospel's invitation? I'm telling you, Jesus died for you. You have no hope of eternal life apart from him. If you know that you've got sins in your life and you've never confessed your faith in Jesus, you need to confess his sweet name. You need to make the decision to turn from evil, to embrace him with your whole heart to begin that process of growth where you will be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit to be more and more and more like Jesus every day. You need to obey the commandment to be baptized so that your sins will be washed away. Acts 22 and verse 16, that is the truth of the word of God. And the waters of baptism is the dividing line between the world and between those who are in Christ. This morning, if you're a baptized believer, you need our prayers. The front pews are open. Come as we stand and sing. Thank you for listening to this message from God's Word. If you have any questions, please email them to us at office at Once again, we thank you for listening, and we hope you have a blessed day.